1: Hey there, Knicks fans and disappointed Americans. How you doing? <laughs> it's your boy John the Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, Jeremy Cohen is, is uh, off for another week. We'll be back together soon. Uh, training camp uh, or media day, I should say, is three weeks from today. So cause for celebration. So we'll, we'll get back into our normal swing of things before you know it. Um, as fall approaches and NBA is around the corner. But for now, I am joined by the one and only GMAC, Andrew Claudio. Hello, sir. How are you doing on this fine Sunday morning? Which you slept late. Um sounds, <laughs> sounds lovely.
2: Hold on. Hold on. That makes me sound lazy. That makes me sound like a bum. I- that's your projecting right no, now. No, you're like you slept like you overslept. You you slept in on Sunday. I said you slept late. I slept till a n- normal hour for someone that doesn't have kids. Okay, that's, that's what I did on a Sunday because I have an, an afternoon of uninterrupted football watching that I'm very thankful for and I'm very grateful for. And after spending my afternoon with the Macries and their beautiful family yesterday... I recognize the privilege it is to be able to spend an afternoon uninterrupted watching football. So I
1: I will just say long before I had kids mm-hmm. um, when my my favorite day of the week was like it is for you now and many f- Americans cross country uh, Sunday mm-hmm. for football. Um and in particular, it was fun for me because I used to bartend football Sundays for uh, I think seven years. I, I had that gig, and I would I would treat those days as very special. I there were many years where after whether it was DJing or bartending or or managing the night before and getting to bed, you know, around sun up, I my my personage would be behind the bar, making my Bloody Mary mix before 10 a.m. on Sundays. So, and that was before I had kids, so I just want that noted for the record.
2: I mean, uh, it is officially noted for the record. Um... I
1: am, you don't have to make Bloody Mary mix today, so I'm, I,
2: I, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just gonna. I, I have wings coming in the afternoon at a coming? certain point. Not, you're
1: not making your own wings? I don't.
2: Yeah, I'm bad at making wings. Roseanne, you don't cook it, at all that's right. I don't. I don't cook. I, I I barely cook like mac and cheese. Like the microwave is my my mac stove. Cheese.
1: You know. So there's something particularly sad. I I don't get a lot of satisfaction out of making my own food. I mean, cooking is like satisfying the, the to a certain extent, but like particular satisfaction for whatever reason, I don't get out of uh, most foods making wings. When I make a really good wing, I feel really proud of myself. So I don't know. It's one of the, it's, it's like a hard thing to make, but I guess when you've eaten wings for your whole life, Mm -hmm. you know what you want in a good wing and you could then do that. Um, Then again, you really need like either a smoker or a grill to really get the wing. Like, you know, get that baked in sauce flavor. That's the key for me, at least. I don't know about you.
2: I I now th- this is turning into an episode of hot ones where just the craving <laughs> for wings is just slowly building throughout the conversation.
1: You know, oh, man. I'd love to have some wings today. Um, I did not. Uh, unlike many sporting events uh, that I've enjoyed wings during, uh, I was not enjoying wings at uh, six o'clock this morning. <laughs> God bless you, (laughs) man.
2: I woke up and saw the reaction to the US Canada game and it was like, oh, wow, RJ, you know, and. Big shot for RJ, the the dagger, as it were. The dagger, yes. Was that what your tweet, in all caps, wow, was?
1: Oh my God, do you not even. This is going to be great. Do you not know what. I have no idea what your wow was was in
2: reference. Okay. What happened?
1: So, for anybody like Andrew who may have no idea what transpired in this game, um,. We'll go back and we'll, this this is going to be a FIBA episode. And so we're going to go back and talk about how the U.S. and uh, Canada ended up in this game to begin with and all the implications and whatnot for for USA basketball. But so bronze medal game, Team Canada, Team USA, because both teams lost on Friday in upsets. Uh, Canada got out to a blazing hot start in this game, hit six three-pointers in the first quarter. They were up by, I think, as many as, Uh, 12 or 13 points, something like that uh, late in the first. U.S. uh, bench brought them back. Canada's put their main guys back in. R.J. had a great plus minus in this game because he was not on the court when uh, the U.S. bench brought them back in the game there in the second quarter. Um, Canada retook a a somewhat commanding lead. I think they were up by 10 midway through the fourth. U.S. fought back again, but uh, SGA hit a, a nice Nice fa- uh, mid range shot. Anthony Edwards could not answer. Dylan Brooks fouled, signed to both free throws. Eight or four point game, uh, under 10 seconds to go. McCow Bridges uh, beats out, sadly, RJ Barrett for an offensive rebound off of a Austin Reeves' miss. And uh, RJ fouls McCow Bridges. So sends him to the line, down four with four seconds to go. McAl makes the first. And then Kerr put in um, Bobby Portis and the and the great future uh, Hall of Fame pantheon level player Walker Kessler, who obviously, if if he had played, you know, thirty minutes a night in this tournament, the U.S. would have won every game by you know sixty or seventy points. Um, and <laughs> put them in for offensive rebounding purposes. Neither of them got the rebound because it was a, a the the missed free throw, the intentionally missed free throw was kind of a. a it was, a, it was a far carom. McCal Bridges caught his own missed rebound, scurried to the corner, and hit a corner three with like 0.5 seconds or something remaining. Ties the game to send it to overtime.
2: So I'm, I'm, I'm staring at the play now. So it was
1: one in the moment, it was one oh! of the most insane things you'd ever see.
2: Okay. Yeah, and Josh Hart <clears throat> celebrating.
1: Okay. Oh, this looks like fun. So okay, U.S. at that point. So this sent it to overtime. This sent to then... overtime. So the U.S. at that point had all the momentum, mm. and they had all that momentum for about ninety seconds because when the overtime started immediately, SGA went to work. Um, I got I got to give some props to Benji Ritholtz. I asked openly, I think before the semifinals, either before the quarterfinals or before the semifinals, if you could have one player for the rest of the tournament, who would it be? And he was like, oh, SGA, easily. And I was like, I'm going with Anthony Edwards. I feel like big moment down the stretch of a game. He's the guy I want with the ball in his hands. Not to not so, because Edwards uh, could not match. Um, he had some chances to hit some shots in fourth quarter overtime. I mean, he had a few, but like this, I mean, SGA just took the game over. Uh, Dylan Brooks had a couple of key free throws, and then it led to the RJ Barrett dagger. Um, not that that was the only important shot RJ hit. Uh, he had a couple of moments there in the fourth quarter, couple, made a couple of nice baskets. He also had some turnovers in the fourth quarter. He, uh, the U S intentionally switched off of him to give him a wide open look for three as they were trying to make a late comeback. So it was like basically their game plan, like l- let RJ mm-hmm. shoot it, missed, missed the three, you know, kind of enabled the, the U S to get a little closer there. Um, but R.J. played really well. I think he finished with 23 points. Uh, you know, uh, same as uh, he did on Friday. He was the leading scorer for Team Canada on in Friday's loss to Serbia. You know, not a great game. Had a couple of nice, really mo- nice moments again in the fourth quarter. But overall, it capped a really nice tournament for RJ. And I'll, I'll I'll say Team Canada. I mean, like, look, are they disappointed in the bronze? Eh probably a little bit. They, I'm sure they thought they could win gold or, you know, maybe even even that worse, silver. But like, they seem pretty excited to medals. It's the first medal I believe they've gotten in international play in like, I, I Windhorse tweeted out before, like 87 years. Yeah, it's been a long time since Canada has medaled. And like, you know, Dylan Brooks obviously was the, Dylan Brooks and SGA were the, the stars of the, the bronze medal game. Dylan Brooks finished with either 39 or 41. I mean, he was
2: 39. Yeah, I'm yeah. staring at the box score now, 39. And you're right about what, what windhorse tweeted out. 87 years since 87
1: years, right? Canada's last uh, basketball medal. You know, so. so like after I mean SGA was the star, SGA was the best player in this tournament. Um and him being on Canada next summer will I think give them a chance to win gold. But and you know, you probably give the nod to Dylan Brooks as the second best player on Team Canada, probably. He was you know, like RJ, he was inconsistent. He had some not so great games early on, but RJ was right there. You know, at worst, he was Team Canada's third best player. And he's, I think it was an argument. He was second on balance. Um, I think it it's a big tournament for him, a big tournament for Canada, but was a big tournament for RJ. It's a really nice moment for him. So before we get into some of the negative stuff, um, you know, a, a nice positive. W- what does it mean for the Knicks that coming up this season? I got, you know, I don't know. I, and I, to me um, again uh, to echo Benji he's been saying it for a few weeks. What he, what RJ did in the playoffs was the, that was the big thing. So, it can't hurt. It can't hurt
2: and I'm look, I personally didn't get too invested in this tournament. I don't think I've ever been that invested in specifically the FIBA World Cup and this like this wasn't the first one. Um I think the Knicks went through such a long stretch of not having a player in yep. the FIBA World Cup. So I just, I went and enjoyed my summer. Um, when it came to plus, like, we weren't doing like coverage of the Knicks. We yeah. weren't doing, like, I wasn't invested in a way that I might have to pay attention <laughs> to it. Um, I think FIBA is whatever you want it to be. If Absolutely. you want to use it as like validation that RJ's turned a corner, great. If you want to use it as uh, more signs that he's like still got some consistency issues. That's your prerogative too. If you want to use it as we kind of transition into uh, uh, the Team USA side of this, as like validation for Jalen Brunson's status that he was named team captain, like unofficially by his teammates wow. and that crew, then we'll that's there. that's fine. If you want to use it as a way to uh, further an agenda that like he's he's got defensive issues and like the times that he was benched in. Crunch time for Halliburton, then that's your your prerogative too. If you want to use this to overreact to Josh Hart being in the starting five and being like, see how impactful and valuable he is. Like there you closing go closing five, too. Closing, closing five. five. Too yeah. For, look how valuable, like Josh like, Hart on the like in the opinion of Steve Kerr and Eric Spolstra was the best person to start games, best person to close games. Like you can further that agenda. If you want to use it. As a way to, you know, criticize coaching and say Walker Kessler should have been playing more minutes. And that's the reason why Team USA didn't medal in this tournament. That's your, whatever you want it to be. FIBA can be that. This is an exhibition tournament that these players like we didn't send our U.S. didn't so, send their best 12. And, you know, let's stop that. that what Team second. USA will look like next summer. No, I, but that's,
1: so let's pick up. So a couple a couple things um just to finish the the close of the loop on RJ i i do think this was a nice reminder that as and we're going to get more into this but like as certain members of team usa were getting exploited defensively now, granted, Phoebe is a different sort of game than the NBA, where post-play has kind of gone the way of the dinosaur, but like, you know, as like Jalen Brunson and, and Austin Reeves and occasionally like Tyrese taliburton were just getting bodied, or even like bigger, like McCall, even sometimes on Switches, were, would get bodied. Um, and other guys too. Everybody. Um, you can't really do that with RJ Barrett, you know? Um, we 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 always call for him to be more physical as a defender, like be more physical on the boards, this and that, but like I think the reason why there has always been this uh, anticipation of this eventual, like, or at the very least you're getting like a solid two way wing, if you could put it all together is because he's the size that he is. I'm like, you're never going to be able to body that dude. He's still an impediment as long as he's moving pretty well and all that. So like, that's a positive and that came into play, you know, in this tournament for Canada's they, you know, I think they defended pretty well. And then on offense, just like, He's like he will probably always have in the NBA. He had opportunities to hit open threes, and he made enough of them in this tournament. I think to, you know, do to to make him take those, to make the act of him taking those threes to justify that. Um, and like I said, with CP the other night, if he can make thirty seven, thirty eight percent of his threes moving forward in the NBA, I mean, sign me up for that any day of the week. So now, you nailed it. Obviously. And a few people have echoed this sentiment, which is like, no the 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 team U.S. or or the the USA basketball did not clearly did not treat this as a tournament that it had to win. Because if it treated it that way, then this would not have been the team that showed up. Um, I think the more interesting question is whether this team. Like the team, the last FIBA team, like a lot of team or US teams at this point, you can say it's been a lot over the last twenty years that have not meddled at FIBA or the one that didn't meddle, you know, get anything in the Olympics. Um, I think as you, like you could say about all of these teams, the the talent, I don't know how you can now watch 20 years of international play where, you know, when the U S sends anything other than it's a team, like at this point that we're, we're losing more than we're winning and, and not feel like the rest of the world has caught up. And the the other side of the argument for that is that like, well, no, it's roster construction. It's, it's coaching. It's, you know, the the players didn't play very well. It's X, Y, Z. Like, when before the talent caught up, none of those things mattered because the talent was so far superior. And now that the talent is caught up, it's like yes, team Team USA's B, or if you want to call this the C team, I think it was more like a B minus team, maybe. Like they needed to play really, really well, execute as well as possible, make every right coaching move, you know, uh, perfect roster, like. That didn't used to be the case. <laughs> it is now because the rest of the world is better. It's obvious. Like, I'm the, and no one's saying there were mistakes made. No one's saying the team played as well as they could play. But like I'll maintain, even after this game, I'll say what I said after Friday. I think USA team USA played okay. Like they didn't f- come out here and fall flat on their faces. Like guys played pretty well. Like who who really disappointed? Jaron Jackson Jr. Absolutely a disappointment. Um, and the fact that they oftentimes had two guys on the floor that opposing teams could exploit defensively. That was an issue as well. Okay. How are you going to solve that? Go go find me the plethora of two-way players, two-way perimeter players, who are both really good on offense and r- not exploitable on defense, that Team USA could have put onto this roster out of the talent pool that they were picking from for this tournament. Not there. Those players don't really exist you know, and you want, and then Jaron Jackson Jr. It's like, yeah, of course they would have been better off with Bam or Draymond, but like those guys weren't coming. Jaron Jackson Jr. was probably the best available option, you know, and guess what? He played to the level that he's played over the past several years in, in Memphis, had some really nice moments, had some moments where it's like, man, really wish Jaron Jackson Jr. could put it all together. These guys played to expectations and it fell short because it's not the A team. Now, Last thing I'll say, I'll kick it back to you. I think we're at a very fascinating point. And this is where some people were getting on me after my comments on Friday. I don't think Team US can roll out its A-team and just, oh, we're going to win. Like, we're we're recording this at 10 o'clock. The gold medal game is going on right now. I should probably have checked the score on that. Germany is winning by 12 in the third quarter. Okay. So maybe Serbia doesn't win, whether they do or don't. Serbia made it to the gold medal game of this tournament, and they did it with an awfully impressive performance against Team Canada. That team is going to add the best player in the world between now and next summer in Paris. And I don't know enough about Serbian basketball to know maybe there's another reinforcement or two that they're going to have as well. But like you're telling me that Nikola Jokic added to this group can't win the gold medal in Paris? Uh, I got news for you. You're going to tell me that Team Canada, if they add... Uh, Andrew Wiggins and Jamal Murray. Talk about talk about how about six man Jamal Murray. How's that sound? Oh boy, you know he's good enough to be the second best player on an NBA champion. I'm pretty sure he's good enough to be a six man in, in in the Olympic play. You're telling me they couldn't beat U.S.'s A team on any given night? Like, I I'm sorry, but like the notion that and we're going to go through the roster that we ideally would want to put together before next summer. But if you're telling me like U.S.'s A team is just going to walk into the Olympics and like oh they're definitely 100%. No. They're going to need to play their best ball, be coached really well and like yeah, there's going to be need a lot of thought put into the roster. That's where I stand.
2: I do think that it should be emphasized this wasn't their like, like even more so than you're saying that this wasn't their A team. Um like I also think like I do agree with the point that the talent pool has caught up, but we I think like but this has been true for like 04 was the olympics that um they they finished bronze and uh
1: that's that was a disastrous yeah uh, that the, was the, yeah. the larry brown coach team yes yeah. so, and I just add, sorry in addition to the talent catching got one last thing cuz this is an important point mm-hmm. the game has changed with the advent of the three point shot right. the fact that everybody around the world could hit threes like if you have one really gravitationally important player on offense you know, and like in a tournament like this, a Dennis Schroeder or a Bogdan Bogdanovich or back in the day, a Manu Ginobili, like just someone who's capable of generating offense on their own. And you surround that person with a bunch of shooters and maybe a big guy or two that are going to give us problems like it's not even about the talent having caught up. It's about just around the world. Basketball has caught up You, if you're shooting it. Well, you could win any game on any given night against pretty much any opponent, you know. If you have that one initiator to really stir the drink. And hell, Lithuania, when they beat the US, they didn't even need that big time initiator. Nice. I mean, Rokus had a nice start hit. to the game, but they didn't have anybody who was killed. Like, you know, all due respect to Mendagas Kuzminskis. He it wasn't it was the shooting and the but size.
2: That's what you're hitting on, is that it's <clears throat> it's honestly less about roster construction. It's it's play style. Like I don't want to say it's become baseball and skill, every, but everybody explains. But the skill is the play style that everybody's shooting. Like the, yeah. the USA's two losses, they shot 37% from 3. Three losses. They lost they to, l- they to Canada, lost Lithuania and then they Canada lost today. the last two, yeah. Okay, but the two before this when they were still in contention for gold, <laughs> they lost uh they shot 37% from 3, 43% from 3, and then today they shot I'm <laughs> staring at it. 37% from three. That's those are respectable numbers, but they like Lithuania hit 56% of their threes in that game. And then the US uh against um against Germany. Germany hit over 40%. And then Canada today hit 45% of their threes. So that that ability to get hot from three is something that can happen.
1: It's normal. It's not that it can happen, but this does happen often. This is the league today, too.
2: So I'm not exactly. Yeah, I don't push back. on. I I don't know if you wanted a debate on on that. I don't push back on the idea that the talent has caught up. I do think USA's A-team will be favored going into. Of course, they'll be favored as they should next year. And I also like we do this sometimes with the NBA during the regular season where like, yes, I would pick. I would probably pick Serbia in a one-game sample against USA team because who has the best player on the floor? Like that's usually where I lean with these games. Who has the best player on the floor? Why did I? Why am I not really that shocked that Canada beat the U.S. today? I think SGA is better than Anthony Edwards, so they had the best player on the floor. Now, you know, there's something to be said, like you said, about the roster construction and that a Drew Holiday or Draymond well, wasn't out there or able to be a defensive anchor like. They depended on Jaron Jackson Jr. to be in this in this tournament. Um, but and I think you know, you, maybe that leads to different
1: more thoughts going into to next summer. I think you phrased it very well there that they really did depend on Jaron Jackson Jr. maybe as the biggest cog of this team, because going in there was a lot of questions about, like, well, is it going to be Jalen Brunson who's going to be initiating the offense? Is it Anthony Edwards? Is it going to be Brandon Ingram? Is it going to, like, you know, Tyrese Halliburton? Like, they had a lot of guys who you could make arguments for. They only had one guy as the defensive linchpin who was going to tie this all together. If there's if these smaller perimeter defenders struggled, and he did not do that, and I'm not trying to put this all on Jaren Jackson Jr. because the the brunt of the bl- well. At least equal blame should go on these perimeter defenders who are having problems, including Jalen Brunson. And it was a big issue. Now he wasn't the only one, but he was part of the part of the problem. And it leads to the discussion of, okay, so then what is it about really in terms of constructing a better roster? It's about getting more two way players, like players who are elite at whether it's shot creation or one of the lower offensive skills, maybe just shooting but who are were, who were not going to be exploitable on the other end? Because that's the one thing you say about Canada. Like, who were you going at? You weren't going at Dylan Brooks. Like, they weren't like you can't ex- exploit RJ Barrett in the way that they were exploiting, you know, Reeves and Brunson, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, Dort's a good defender. SGA could hold his own. Like, all these guys could hold their own. Um, so I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of the, anything else before we do go into the roster construction thing. Do we need to say anything about Team USA's loss on on Friday against against Germany? I mean, it's it's the same tor- t- sort of thing. Like, size. They couldn't deal with ger- the German size. And, uh, you know, Germany shot it pretty well. You Germany know? It, got, got hot from three. This is,
2: this again, to the perimeter defense <laughs> issue that seemed to plague Team USA
1: throughout the tournament. Because um, when you're helping... You know, left and right, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna allow open threes. Um, I just, I mean, the I, I, last thing before we move on to the to constructing the next roster, the the coach, the amount of ink, digital ink, but still ink that will be spilt criticizing. A coaching staff that is comprised of I think when most NBA fans of other teams are like, I wish Coach X coached my team. Who are the top three people most of the mention? Eric Spolstra, Steve Kerr, Ty Who are the three coaches on Team USA? Like I said, FIBA can be
2: whatever you want it to be. So whenever Tibbs gets criticized, you just have to be like, well, Steve Kerr lost to Lithuania over the summer. So... Apparently, like, Tibbs did lose Lithuania over the summer, so you have that wild card to <laughs> no, pull. You no, he didn't. Anytime
1: I, you I, want. I'll, I'll, I will not be pulling that card. Hey there, Knicks fans. It's your boy, Jonathan Macri. You've been hearing me talk about Barry and his team over at the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum for almost a year now. It's a partnership I'm very proud to be a part of because as a former personal injury attorney myself and a Knicks fan, I know the difference that a great legal team can make. Barry has been at this for over 35 years and has informed me that since the 2023 Knicks season ended, he has resolved cases in the amounts of $1.4, $1.5, $1.75, and $3.75 million, as well as obtaining winning results on many less significant cases. Just like the great basketball franchises, Weiss and Rosenblum's long track record of sustained excellent results speak for themselves. Visit them at weissandrosenblum.com today and explore for yourself, or better yet, give Barry a call at 212 212- 212 where he will offer a consultation on your possible matter completely free of charge, as well as chat about the upcoming Knicks season, as he has been a rabid fan for over 50 years. You know the tagline. If you think you might have a case, talk to a veteran attorney, not a rookie. No case is too big or too small. That number again is 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes.
2: What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with a meal kit that handles all the meal planning and shopping and delivers everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part and you get to take the credit. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why they're America's number one meal kit. A busy fall schedule doesn't always leave you with time to spare. And with HelloFresh, you don't need to spend all evening in the kitchen to whip up a wholesome meal. With their quick and easy recipes and 15-minute meals, you can get a tasty dinner on the table in less time than it takes to get takeout or delivery. Don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash 50Filmschool and use code 50Filmschool for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash 50Filmschool and use code 50Filmschool for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. This tournament works as an eye-opening Whatever you want it to be for Team USA, going into Olympic selection but, next summer, but that's
1: it. Did
2: it really open eyes? Did we really was this the thing? I've, I, I've, were we shocked that Team USA didn't medal in this tournament?
1: I don't know that I'd say shocked. am I surprised that they couldn't like i'm I'm not shocked they didn't get the gold. Or the, or the silver, but the notion that they lost consecutive medal games was, yeah, I mean, I guess you figure one of those two, they're going to figure out a way to win.
2: You know? Right. So as a result, we're allowed to be, like, shocked in that sense, but then recognize that, oh, they, they didn't medal in this tournament. Now let's go. The, the A-team that wants to show up next summer. All right,
1: you know like, so we're about to go over what that a team should look like so let's let's do that now um so we're going to construct a 12 man roster right yes okay do you how do you do you want to start with who from this current FIBA roster we think is the safest bet or bets to make the next team or or do you want to go position by position on the next team or do you want to go order of importance on the next team?
2: You tell me you're putting the the roster together. So I, well, if you want to start with like your starting five, then so
1: let's let's do this. Let's do so let's do the this FIBA roster. We should just I'm going to pull it up right now. Uh, unless you have it right in front of you, I have I have it right in front of me. So go through. So let's say who who are the
2: twelve on this roster? Walker Kessler, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Josh Hart, Mikhail Bridges. Those are the five guys that started against Canada today. <laughs> Then Bobby Portis, Tyrese Halliburton, Paolo Buncaro, Jaron Jackson Jr., Austin Reeves, Brandon Ingram, Cam Johnson are your seven reserves.
1: I think there are. I'm. I, I mean, in my mind, they'd be locks. Well, first of all, again, I, I've I've become just really good at uh, getting a lot of credit for for parroting Benji Ritholtz. Benji tweeted during the Italy game that he thinks of everybody on this current roster, the most important person to put on the Olympic team is Mikal Bridges. And I completely agree. And I have a very long, far too long newsletter coming either uh, Monday or, or Tuesday about why I think that is. But in short, like Mikhail Bridges defense shooting, a little bit of creation. Like there's no world where you don't need that guy on the Olympic roster. So I kind of want to say he's a lock to be on it. And the other guy I have to think unless, I mean, I I have to think he's going to want it. I have to think they're going to, they're going to want him on it um, is Anthony Edwards. Uh, Anthony Edwards was it a perfect tournament for him? No. Could have passed a little bit more, could have been locked in defensively, certainly a little bit more. He had some great defensive moments. Don't get me wrong. He also had some defensive moments which were which were less great. Um, you know, could could have rebounded a little bit better, but like, you know, he established himself as the guy, obviously, without without question on this roster. I part of me thinks, because it was uh, for anybody who may have missed uh, this was reported a few weeks ago they initially toyed around with the idea of having Anthony Edwards come off the bench. And I think that was initially pitched to him by Steve Kerr is like, it's, Hey, it's the Dwayne Wade role. And for what it's worth, there's actually a long history of guys being the six men on team USA, either leading them in scoring um, like, uh, like Dwayne Wade did on, I think it was 2018. Uh, Charles Barkley led the original dream team in scoring. He only started half the games. Uh, or like being right there in terms of the scoring leaders. Mello, one of the years that he was on it came off the bench and was second, I think, in scoring to to Kevin Durant. So like it's not crazy that you put your first or your second, you know, potentially your best scorer off the bench. But I think Anthony Over's response to that is like, yeah, there's no Kobe Bryant ahead of me here. <laughs> you know, which is the guy that Dwayne Wade came off the bench to to, to be behind. Um, there's not going to be necessarily a Kobe Bryant in the in Anthony Edwards starting shooting guard spot on the Olympic team, but there might be someone who's who's better than him. We, we'll get to that in a bit. I wouldn't be shocked if Anthony Edwards is the sixth man on the Olympic team. So, you know, and 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 maybe winds up leading them scoring. Uh, th- those are the two that I think have the best chance, and I would argue are are borderline locks. I think there are maybe another guy or two that I would say are in contention to become but be on the roster, but just let's stop here. What do you think of that? those two? Solid top two. Solid.
2: No, stop, let me rephrase that. Solid first two, specifically from this crop of players. I don't think this is your best top two. That should go without saying, but I agree with your analysis of Mikael Bridges and what he will bring to Team USA and how important that is. And... The biggest takeaway I have from Team USA on a positive note is uh, Anthony Edwards and um, his ability to take over games. Sometimes good and bad, but uh, some of the times that it was very good. How how much how much of a standout superstar he could potentially be one day.
1: Um, and both two way players. Again, mm-hmm. Edwards' defense was not perfect in this tournament, but you saw. When he's lo- I mean he he has all defense potentially you know he 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 and if he locks in on that and maybe if it, there's less scoring responsibility on him and he could focus more on that defense um that would make it you know even even more likely love my wife she's probably some water because she's the best wife ever uh hi there, <laughs> she just closed the door behind me. I'll I'll tell you that I later um i you know. He didn't end up making a, a, a big impact, I think, in either the 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 semis or the bronze medal game. I wonder if Palabon Bancaro had a big second year in the league. Would he be in consideration? I, I don't think so, but he's a guy that I, I'm at least looking at. And then the only other guys that I think, not both of them. I don't think both of them, but one of Tyrese Halliburton, or you're gonna be think I'm crazy here, but or Austin Reeves. I think Austin Reeves, for as much as a lot of people's takeaways, especially people who hate the Lakers, will be that he got bodied, you know, repeatedly as this tournament went on and, you know, too small and this and that. That dude took and made some massive shots. Throughout this entire tournament, and he's another guy, kind of like McCall. Obviously, not the defender that McCall is. Um, probably not even the shooter that McCall is. I know, although I know he he has some a very good shooting on his brief NBA resume. Um, that like you could plop him in, and he could be the fifth man with any other four guys, and he could acclimate himself. Maybe as like Team USA's twelfth man. I don't know Halliburton. I think it depends on the roster construction around him because what I don't think they're going to do is I don't think they're going to put too many guys. That's why I said either Reeves or Halliburton. So you're like, well, why is it an either or? They don't play the same position. I don't think they're going to put too many guys on this next roster who are exploitable defensively. And I think, again, Halliburton had some nice defensive moments. I also think he's someone that they could you could target. Wouldn't be shocked if he's the backup point guard on the team. That wouldn't shock me. So where are you going with
2: Jalen Brunson on this? I got to tell you,
1: I, I i don't see a world where he's on it. So Captain America is not going to... So are, is, what is Jalen Brunson's strength? Jalen Brunson's strength is isolation basketball. He can get you buckets. There is no universe where, given who is going to throw their hat in the ring for Paris, because it's already been reported... A lot of of big-time players want to go to this Mm -hmm. Olympics. There is no world where he will be one of the, let's say, top four isolation or top five isolation guys on this next roster. So if you're not counting on him for his isolation abilities, there are better passers out there, including Halliburton. And there are certainly better defenders out there. So if you are building a roster based on skill sets, I'm again, I know he's he was the de facto captain. I know they dubbed him the leader early on. Maybe they put him on, again, not necessarily as someone they're going to count on in the rotation. Maybe they just put him on on the roster because they value the continuity, they value the leadership, they value the locker room presence, all that stuff. At the same time, I, I, are, are will they need that because they're gonna have guys on this roster who have been in other Olympics, you know? So is Jalen Brunson's leadership going to be as vital? Um, I, I don't. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not sure.
2: So let's go to the rest of the through the rest of the roster that you think.
1: Right yeah, we, now, all we have are, are um. Bridges and Anthony Edwards, and I Let's think there's a the decent roster. chance that those are the only those are the only two. The rest of the roster, um, I, we talked about Halliburton. We talked about I mentioned Mancaro, Uh Josh Hart. I don't I don't think he'll be on it. Cam Johnson was kind of out of the rotation by the time this thing ended. I don't think he'll be on it. Even though I do think he's like the sort of player archetype that the Olympic team needs. I just I just I don't know. I just, quite frankly, I don't know if he was up to the task for this. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. is an interesting one. And that kind of is a good transition to looking at players who are not on this roster. Cause we'll, I, I will start at the center position. Cause I think that's where we need to start. Um, Brandon Ingram. I, I don't, not sure how he makes it after, after the tournament that he had. And then Walker Kessler and Bobby Portis, I, you know, I just don't think either of them either. I agree. So who are you thinking? Who are you putting on? So let's start at center. And I think there's an argument. I think the there's a good argument that for as much as the headliners for the Olympic team will be the wing scorers, um, I think the most important positions are the center and point guard because that's those are in different ways. The those are the bookends of your defense. You know, those are the point. Those are the 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 spots that other teams will look to exploit. And it's center. They're your backstop. I think it's going to be Bam again. So Bam was on the 2020 team. I think he's going to be on the team again. I think he, you know, the only other one who I would say might be the first call ahead of Bam would be Anthony Davis. And just given Anthony Davis's injury history and the fact that he spends every summer, seemingly every summer, uh, recovering, um, uh, I just don't see that. Do you? And then the other guy is Draymond Green. What are your What are your thoughts on that?
2: I wrote, Bam, I wrote Bam and Draymond down. Um, I also wrote AD down and crossed him out. The only other... I don't know if he's ever shown interest in Team USA or if Team USA has ever shown interest in him, but the only other option I thought of
1: was Brook Lopez. So um, he was actually on a FIBA team that... the I think the last FIBA team that lost, and it did not... It, he was not good. He was not good? Yeah, then, it was not... It didn't work out well. I mean, the elephant in the room is... And it, It's Joel Embiid, and it's the elephant in the room for a few reasons because, one, nobody knows if Joel Embiid wants to play in the Olympics. Um, Two, again, similar to Anthony Davis, is Joel Embiid going to be spending the summer recovering from some injury? But also, if Team USA has a chance to get him and they find out that Joel Embiid wants to be part of Team USA, um, and then if he doesn't get there through chicanery, he could go play for Team France which again, he, it's not known at this point where it seems like the pathway for him playing for both the U S and France is open. And it's kind of up to him what he wants. So that's kind of the wild card that like, man, if Joel Embiid's on this team, like Joel Embiid, obviously ever since he's been in the league, has been the go-to scorer on every roster he's been on. Would they want him on the, uh, as the go-to scorer on this, on this team? Like, you know, that's an interesting one. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I, what I would do. I I wonder what in it like Team USA secretly wants. I don't know.
2: Let's for argument's sake just put Bam, Draymond Green and Jared and Jackson Jr. on the roster. Jackson's your backup center. Well, you're Draymond, third center. Who's your backup center? Draymond. But he's not going to be on the team. Like he's just he's a he's a He's like a Josh Hart Swiss Army knife, where like he's on the team as a forward, but he can play center. I unless
1: you think they wouldn't take a second center like No, I think they would take a third center. I think it would be the if I think look, I think both of those guys will get called with the intention that they will split the minutes at center. That is what I think the plan will be. And then I think there will be, because you need cause foul, it's only five fouls, right? An international play. Um, because you're definitely going to need a third center. Maybe Jaron Jackson Jr. gets that call to be the third center. But I think it's Drama. I think if we're creating the roster right now in our ideal world, it's Bam and Dre at the center positions.
2: I've got all three, just for argument's sake. Those, okay. And so then we're
1: up to five players on the team. up now. to five players, definitely, with a couple of maybes from this roster. Okay. So I guess the biggest question... And I'm fairly certain if he's going to be on the Olympic team, he will. Unless he's. Is is Kevin Durant already the leading scorer in like Team USA history, or is that Melo? That's Carmelo Anthony. Okay. Well, Durant will pass him if he's on this next team. I don't think he will be. You don't? Interesting. Why? Because of age, because of injury concerns. The man misses
2: like 60% of basketball seasons as is. I don't think he's going to spend an offseason. Now, it also could depend how deep of the of a run phoenix makes you know if they're in the finals then i i think it's a 0% chance if they get bounced in the second round like brooklyn did when kevin durant went to play with team usa last time then maybe he's like yeah i'm i'm in for the olympics
1: this summer for what it's worth kevin durant has a chance to establish himself as the i mean i don't think i'm speaking out of turn here the greatest Olympic basketball player of all time. He has been on the last three team USA's in the Olympics. He has led each of those three teams in scoring and they have gold. They've won the gold medal every time. So if he goes and is now on a fourth team and leads them in scoring for a fourth time and wins a fourth gold medal, there's no, there's just no debate as to who the greatest Olympic player ever is. Um, Do you want to put Durant in a side category for now? For now.
2: Cause I, can we, can we put some, some of courses on real quick. Sure. So De- Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, just they're on Team USA.
1: Yes. Okay. Hundred percent. The biggest question for me is if Durant says yes. So I think there's a chance he does. And Tatum and Booker are both on it. I think t- you're right. Tatum and Booker are the two easy guarantees. Um, will because I think if Booker's on it, I think Booker's going to. So I'm looking at it as Booker or Edwards will be the starting shooting guard. And then you have the other two wing positions. Will they go small and have both Booker and Edwards start alongside? And that, and does that decision, will that be based on whether Durant plays or not? I could see them going in any number of directions for the two, the three and the four positions between Booker, Edwards, Tatum, Durant and Mikal Bridges. I think Mikal Bridges will be in, absolutely be in consideration to start for this next team. Because he doesn't need the ball and he is, he will be vital on both ends with his shooting and his defense. This is with Durant on the roster. I, I absolutely. And then, and then this was my pitch. Let's say Durant's on the roster and you have Booker Edwards as a starting two. you pitch it to, I guess, Tatum in this case, and maybe Tatum, you, you pitched to Tatum, now it's your turn to, to be Dwayne Wade. And you're going to come off the bench and you're going to do what Dwayne Wade did, what Carmelo Anthony did, what Charles Barkley did. And there's going to be an argument when we're all said and done that you were maybe one of the best two or three players on this team, even though you came off the bench. I think Jason Tatum's starting for
2: Team USA if he's here. Now, it could change <clears throat> in closing lineups, but I think I Jason Tatum is is starting if he's this, he's on Team USA.
1: So but so to me, and now we're going to get to the point guard position because to me, if Booker's on the team and Edwards is on the team and Tatum's on the team and Durant's on the team, you're, I think, and again, I'm borrowing from our text conversation with Benji and Fred the other day. Is there a chance that Devin Booker becomes the starting point guard on the team? And I would not rule that out considering he's going to be the starting point guard for Phoenix this year. And he's shown the ability to play point guard in the NBA, certainly. (laughs) So there's a name we haven't said yet. that You want to get to him now, Drew Holiday? <sighs> so Donovan Mitchell's
2: from America, right? It's, so this is the fascinating <laughs> thing to like, me. That's my That was my thought. If t, The Team USA A-team is Booker as your point guard because like <laughs> you said, he's playing point guard for Phoenix this if, year. If he plays point guard.
1: It, okay. On team, on team
2: USA. I'm projecting that Devin Booker's your point guard. Then either... Uh, Donovan Mitchell or Anthony Edwards at the two Jason Tatum with Bridges as your backup Kevin Durant with Draymond Green as your backup I Bam still do
1: Draymond's playing four but keep going
2: Bam out of bio with Jaron Jackson Jr. as your backup and then pick two other Americans like there's your 12 is is my take on this that's so, the USA's A team and I
1: think they would win the gold to me if Devin Booker is a starting point guard. That means you're going to have Anthony Edwards. The only reason Devin Booker is going to be the starting point guard is if Anthony Edwards, if they really feel like he should be the starting two. So now you have two shot creators. Booker can handle himself on defense. He's a big, big body. He's not going to get exploited in the way that we just saw Reeves and, and Brunson get exploited and Halliburton a little bit. But that's still, you got your, you got Booker's an offensive creator. Um, Edwards, offensive creator. If you have Durant... As you're starting four, obviously, he's your, your go to. Do you really need Tatum at the three as a fourth creator in that starting lineup? To me, Booker as the starting point guard is even more justification for starting Mikhail Bridges and bringing Tatum off the bench. The alternative, I think, is if either Booker, and this is if I had to bet on what would be the most likely thing, this is what I would bet on right now Booker or Edwards is your starting two guard. Tatum starts at the three as your kind of third, but he and then he kind of inherits the quote unquote Carmelo Anthony role. Um, Kevin Durant's at the four. This is if Durant wants to play. And then Drew Holiday is the starting point guard. But either way, I think you're getting either Drew Holiday or Mikal Bridges. In your starting lineup for this next team with Bam as the starting center. Now, the monkey is if Durant says he doesn't want to play, then it makes things a little bit easier because then you could start Booker, Edwards, Tatum, and then probably I think McCall would be your... As for Mitchell, I mean, honestly, I think the best path to him getting on... Is if Durant says he doesn't want to go, because then you could probably use another, you know, I keep going back to this term, another creator. But like, what is Donovan Mitchell? He is, he's kind of like Jalen Brunson. He's a small guard, probably gonna get targeted on on defense. Not the best pass. I mean, he's a good passer. He's not, you know, that's not what he's out there for. He's out there to score. And maybe they need him, but I think he's like the fifth or sixth call, not the third or fourth call.
2: So you think their reaction to this FIBA tournament is like we don't need you, Donovan Mitchell? I th-
1: I think the reaction is going to be Drew Holiday might if he's not the first call, he's going to be one of the first calls. And again, Drew Holiday not only was he on the 2020 team, but you can make an argument that the f- the the um, the fate of the 2020 team started to turn around when. Drew Holiday got off the plane from just winning the NBA finals. And Chris Middleton also, to his credit, but like Drew Holiday was the guy really, I mean, Chris Middleton scored 35 points in, in the last Olympics. Drew, Hol- Drew Holiday scored 71. Um, he led the team in assists. He had 23 assists. He led the team in steals. He had 10 steals. Um, he was, I mean, he was everything they needed and and, and then some. So then he's your uh, point guard. So I think they I'm want okay him to it. be the starting point guard. I think they'll okay. want that. So assuming he's in. So let's put him in instead of Mitchell. Well no, maybe Mitchell still gets on the team. So Drew Holiday, let's go with Devin Booker as a starting two. Let's go with Tatum as a starting three. Durant as the starting four. Mm-hmm. Bam as the starting five. Backups. So now so now it gets interesting. Let's say so Drew is your starting point guard, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson. I I think it's Halliburton. I bet you it would be Halliburton over Brunson as the backup point guard because again, with Drew Holiday on the team, you have your defensive first point guard if you need it. I think it's not an accident that the the team USA played very well anytime the backups came on the floor. I do think that was very real. And I think Halliburton was a big part of that. I think he acclimated himself pretty well. I think I think other than Edwards and r- honestly, maybe after Edwards, the guy who's going to come out of this looking the best it, it might be Halliburton. And I know he didn't shoot very uh, very well today, or I, I'm, he had an okay game in the in the uh, loss to Serbia.
2: Look, I know Halliburton not had his moments. I think Halliburton's going to come out of this looking as <laughs> exposed on defense at times as. Austin Reeves and Jalen Brunson. I know he got the nod in in crunch time over Brunson. It it, Kerr seemed to just kind of ride the hot hand in, in those situations where there was a crunch time to ride someone. And I I think going into this upcoming tournament, who knows what the Olympics are going to look like next year. I'm just going to give the nod to captain America that, that the leadership and whatever he provided to this team well, hold on. John's off. What, what, what happened? <laughs> Nothing. My daughter found something. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Now we're...
1: I, I, I think you pick Halliburton, I'll pick Brunson. That's fine. Okay. I think it's going to be Halliburton. I'm not saying what I'd want. I'm just saying I think what they'll do, and I do think there is justification for it. So then Halliburton would be my backup point guard, what I assume they're going to do. Uh, who was I starting? I was starting Booker, Booker so Anthony Edwards, backup shooting guard. Mm-hmm. Mikel Bridges, backup three. Um, I'm going to skip the backup four for a moment. Go to Draymond as the backup five. Um, Man. I actually don't think they're going to. So here's the interesting part. So realistically, I could see this being an IMA rotation and Tatum is your de facto backup four. And you're just going to play a lot with you know, whether it's Edwards and Booker together at the two, three, or maybe McCall and, you know, McCall Booker, Edwards, whatever, like some kind, of, like you could get away with an nightmare rotation. I do think that they are going to want one more guy with size who is not a center, um, which is tricky because how many stretch fours or, uh, or like shooting fours, good quality shooting fours, are there in the league who could also switch on defense and like not get exploited. And all of a sudden you look up and you're like, Oh shit. Jeremy Grant was on the 2020 team, you know? And like, that's how a guy like Jeremy Grant, or if you want to go four years before that, how a guy like Harrison Barnes gets on the Olympic team, because there aren't that many of these sorts of guys out there. And unless I'm missing someone, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's no obvious, that's why they put Cam Johnson on this team, you know, a guy now he's not. Well, I mean, he's kind of the same, same physical build as, as Jeremy Grant. Now they think about it, but like here, you want to go, you want to really fall off your chair? Is there an uh, argument for Julius Randall? I was thinking it. No, there isn't. There uh, yeah, probably is Randall. Um, no, but I'm like, I'm kind I actually, I'd say that not really facetiously. I mean, he's a guy good at a three. Like if you ask that dude to lock in defensively for like 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes a game, you know, shoot a corner three when he's open, and maybe use his physicality to get the other team in foul trouble for once. How about that? For now as a novel concept,
2: this is you know, Randall we're talking about, or yeah, Randall. I don't think Julius Randall's going.
1: Uh, yes, I don't think context, it, listen, You're right. To, fine. To be clear, I don't think it's going to happen. But just like I'm,
2: I'm not entertaining the Julius Randall around in, in an in an in an environment where you need to keep your cool because like the referees will give you a warning and then you're gone. I, I I'm not putting Julius right well, in that situation.
1: We'll see. Um, we'll see. I'm going to leave it blank for now. Cause I, I gotta get out of here. Cause of my, my daughter, my other daughter is her first soccer. As soccer. I think we
2: have 11 so far. If you're putting Jaron Jackson as your third, center as your eleventh man. So we need a 12th man. I think. Wait, who, who, hold on. Did I miss someone? Who's? How do we get to eleven? I just said nine. Oh, you, had, you skipped your backup four. That's right. So yeah. Jaron Jackson Junior. is ten. So
1: backup four TBD. Jaron Jackson Junior. as the twelfth guy, and then they do usually put one ceremonial young guy. Maybe that's Ben Carroll. Maybe Ben Carroll is the backup four that we're talking about. Oh, here.
2: maybe. Maybe he takes a leap and he. I, I look. I do listen. Don't know. I he, he has the talent. He does, but he's also like going to be 20 next
1: summer. And then maybe Reeves is your 12th man. That's that was my thought, too. You made the case for Austin Reeves. So I think that's the roster. Um, again, I, I think that I think a Durant is the guy I think everybody should be looking for. Is he going to play or not? If Durant doesn't, I think maybe that is, like I said, how you get Donovan Mitchell on the team. Um, and then Drew Holiday. If Drew Holiday doesn't play... And one, one last thing, very quickly, because I really do have to go. Um, guy we haven't mentioned uh, who was on uh, the 2020 team and, and certainly scored uh, a, a fair number of points for that team. Not that many, but he, he did okay. Um, is Damian Lillard. Uh, now, Damian Lillard's getting up there in age. I don't know if he's going to want to put his, his body through that next summer. I would imagine not. I'm not even sure that he's... They want him necessarily. I think... Do you remember... Can him in
2: those Olympics? I mean
1: barely. Why? You want to talk about other
2: teams hunting him? Oh yeah, exactly. That's my point. So that's where I I think you're But he's also Damian Lillard,
1: you know? He's gonna be 35 year old Damian Lillard. I know. I I just I just wanted to mention him lest anybody be like, how could you not mention Damian? Like I, I know Damian Lillard was on the team. I just don't think he's gonna be on this next team. So maybe he's the de facto
2: like we did this whole thing about Brunson and Halliburton. Oh, and I don't. Maybe if if, if Dame wants to play, then he's there
1: instead if of. If coming are. on the team, he's coming on to be yeah. I, I don't. I think that would be a situation where there would be an understanding. Like, look, man, you ain't going to be one of the main, mm. you know, guys on this thing. He, and I, then
2: if Mitchell wants there. to play, then Austin Reeves is gone. And we have enough talent <sighs> that they're not losing that. That's that tournament.
1: Well, we will find out in a year. Um, okay, on that note, I got to run. Uh, Andrew Claudio, thanks for hopping on here and doing this. Uh, anything we forget before we go? No, go to your daughter's soccer game. Uh, we'll be back with more fun and games later this week. Until then, everybody, have a good one. Take care.